Davis. Flynn Broadcasting Stations. Oh, yeah. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back in to Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you in our family leisure studios. And joining us now to talk some Grizzlies uh, with the Grizzlies back in action tonight at home. Michael Cole, the uh, the beat writer for the Grizzlies over at the Commercial Appeal, joins us now. Michael, thanks so much for joining us. A lot to get to game tonight, and uh, we'll definitely talk about that in a second. But last week, uh, we talked about kind of this discussion that has really taken over most uh, most of this city about what the Grizzlies should do in terms of these injured players that are getting close to returning. Should they play them? Should they just sit them the rest of the season? Um, and then later in the week, uh, we got kind of an update from the Grizzlies PR. Desmond Bain expected to return to play within the next three to five weeks, while Marcus Smart will be reevaluated in three weeks. Do you expect that we see either of these guys return to the court this year? Uh, I've kind of had a similar stance on this one in terms of I think that according to that timeline and, and what we've just said up to this point, Desmond Bain is the further head of the two, and he's the one where I think we could see him uh, at some point this season. Marcus Smart feels a little bit less likely, but all things considered, uh, he has not been ruled out. Uh, but, yeah, I, I do think, you know, you at least want to try to see one of them, if not both, uh, not for the point of like you know stringing together some wins or whatever it may be, but you want to see what these other young guys who are kind of auditioning for the roster uh, next season look like alongside of those guys. Yeah, DeMichael, I, I, I've said consistently through all this. I, I think I can argue a pretty strong case for doing either thing for either either side of this, uh, I, and I, I don't like that. I like making a decision. Of course, we know if they do play them and they were to get hurt again, the you know the blistering criticism the front office would take, and I don't think that would be fair. One of the biggest, most compelling things I could I could argue is for all these home games that remain for these these great fans, these great fans that had about seventeen thousand in the house on Friday night. I know it was the Clippers, probably different than that tonight. For Brooklyn, a lot of uh, pre, you know tickets pre-sold. I could argue for them, but I think those same fans would argue, no, don't don't accommodate <laughs> me. I, w- I want to be in a good position this time a year from now, and we can't take any more injuries. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a tough spot to be in, right? Like it uh, really all, is. And and when you think about it, this was this is this is going to be a year where. I feel like we'll look back on this year, and depending on how uh, you know the rest of this time shapes up with this Grizzlies core, this could be kind of like uh, the year that never was, or something like that. Because yeah. uh, this is a, this is an important year that could have aligned not only uh, this season but the long term future of the Grizzlies. And people are saying, "Oh, you, you say probably, oh, you're being too dramatic about it." But the point is, the point is this: Desmond Bain, John Morant. Jerry Jackson Jr. will all, for the first time in their careers, be off of rookie contracts next season. This will be the first time in a while the Grizzlies have been in a luxury tax, uh, potentially even in the first apron. They'll be operating from the point of they have to win on the margins, and they have to 
really maximize uh, value contracts, you know, like getting guys like Gigi Jackson and Vince Williams Jr. on these cheap deals. Now, they've kind of done that part of it this season, but this year, like with Steven Adams, for example, you guys have heard me say I wasn't a huge fan of that move. I understand why it happened, but I was not a huge fan of that move. If the Grizzlies, for the next four or five years, just never get back to being that top rebounding team, it's going to be a key point to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I'm curious, Michael. You know, talking about injuries and stuff. We've seen Brandon Clark. We've seen him out before games, kind of getting shots up early. We saw him down in what Turks and Caicos with some of the other guys during All Star Weekend, kind of getting some work in. Do you think we're close? Because that's one guy that I would like to see back out there after kind of this long injury surgery. I would like to see him get a couple games in this year and just kind of try to get back into that rhythm. Do you think we're close to, to getting an update or, or, or seeing him in action? Uh, I, I think, you know, from the physical standpoint, he's, he's yeah, very close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to come down to what the Grizzlies prefer slash want him to do. Uh, from, you know, indications up to this point, it sounds like the goal is for him to play this season. And if that's the goal and if that remains the goal, it's simple to me. I think it'll happen. I mean, he's pretty much there uh, from a physical standpoint. But you got the mental, the mental part of the game. Uh, you got the situation that the team's in. Uh, I, I think we see Brandon Clark uh, for uh, multiple reasons. Of course, he, Carmen kind of hinted at the idea of, you know, uh, getting him some games this season, you know, uh, ahead of next season. I think that makes sense. You know, people can talk about injury risk and all that, but he's taking injury risk right now when he's going to Turks and Caicos, working out and things mm-hmm. like that. Like that, that point is moot to me. So uh, I think it'd be a good idea to see him. Then you factor in the center situation uh, in terms of Trey Jimison being on a, a games restriction. You know, as we talked about with the players on two-way contract, uh, Trey Jimison has to miss. I think, like, eight more games this season. Uh, it'd be good to have a center other than, you know, Lamar Stevens yeah. as your backup center, as we recently saw. You know, on that whole I can argue either side, and I respectfully disagree, Bryant, I think Brandon Clark's the one I least want to see <laughs> because I, I'm still so scared of that injury. You know, that used to be yeah. game, set, match. Career's over. I mean, you... You, 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 you go invest your money and you live the good life, but it's over. It's not that killer right. that it once was, but I'm still really jaded by it. Uh, and, and, and with that, DeMichael, which one, boy, this is, this is loaded question. <laughs> Who plays that if they got hurt, the whole basketball world tones on, turns on and go climbing, Jenkins, what were you thinking playing this guy? <laughs> Oh, man, that's an easy one for me. I, I think it's Dez in that case uh, because of the money, you know. Like, he, you're going – he's entering a new contract next season. Uh, Brandon Clark is on the first year of his, his, you know, extended deal and whatnot. And to a lesser degree, you know, he, he's a little bit less important than Desmond Day. Uh, if, if that happens with Dez, you know, you talk about a grade three ankle sprain. Uh, he's pushing to be back. And then you bring it back, and then something bad happens. Then yeah, that that kind of reflects poorly. 
DeMichael, after uh, the last game against the Clippers, Taylor Jenkins was talking about Gigi Jackson, and we actually kind of heard a, a lot about Gigi Jackson. He was out pregame watching Kawhi Leonard and, and, and just trying to kind of take in what Kawhi was doing. Before That's a good one to watch. It sure is good when he was doing it to, to Giannis uh, or the game before against uh, the Bucks. Another good That's one, a good to, one do to watch. Again. Uh, but then also Taylor Jenkins, after the game, was talking about Gigi and, and how with what he's done offensively, they might you know give him more of an opportunity and, and kind of maybe put him as a, a primary creator out that out there um, in the next cu- coming weeks. What do you think of that idea and what have you really seen from Gigi and his improvements offensively? Yeah, uh, for Gigi, it's all going to come down to the playmaking side of it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the that's the key. Like, talking to the players on the Grizzlies, like, you know, confidence is part of it. But Gigi Jackson can dribble. Like, let's start there. He can dribble the basketball. We we know that. But if you watch him dribble at South Carolina, you watch him dribble in high school, as compared to when he has the balls in his hand, hand now, and these, there's a little hesitancy there. Like, uh, it's a difference. So, you know, Derrick Rose, for example. Uh, Derrick Rose said, look, he has to play more confident to be able to be that player who becomes that playmaker from that standpoint. That we're just talking about handling the basketball. Then, the next level of it is the passing. You go at any scouting report on Gigi Jackson before he got to the NBA, uh, when he was down with the hustle, everyone will tell you on the offensive end, uh, the playmaking in terms of getting teammates involved was the biggest area of growth he knew. He even joked about it. I've, been, I've had conversations with him you know, in the past where uh, he'll say something like, yeah, you see, I, I was swinging the ball today because we talked about like, yeah, guys, don't expect Gigi to, you know, make that extra pass when there's a defender closing out on him and he has a really good shooter in the corner that could be waiting on the basketball. No, Gigi, typically that's his shot. But uh, he's, he's, you know, understanding that those are the things that he has to improve at. That's step one. Now it's actually doing it. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I think, yeah, the Grizzlies over the, probably the last couple weeks of the regular season maybe, uh, we'll put him in you know situations where he can operate and pick and roll and do more things like that. And quite frankly, I don't know if it's going to be pretty. You know, I feel like that's more of something in the off season where you get an extended work. And I think Derrick Rose said this too. Like usually, you know, um, that's something that happens in the off season for a player when you start to get that extended work. You know, in a new position like that because that's a big deal. Uh, but you do like the fact that the Grizzlies aren't afraid to throw a lot of it on his plate and say, hey. Uh, because for, for, from a different vantage point, with him starting down with the hustle and things like that, you'd think that, oh, they were just taking it easy on him, but they're throwing a lot at him now uh, with the way that the season's going. That playmaking aspect of his game is really going to be the key to how good or great of a player he can be. To Michael, I said last week when the, the well, Friday when play resumed for the Grizzlies after the break, that I hope this is the last kind of 20-game, 20 20-plus 20 game tranche of games of its its kind of showcase basketball. It's kind of see what see what we have basketball. The, these games are largely meaningless, and, and I hope it's the last time. Everybody wants to get to opening night 24-25. On opening night 24-25, when they're introduced out to the line, was Ira Williams be a member of the Grizzlies? Yeah. Uh, I'll say at this point, this case, at this time, I'll say no. Uh, I, I do think 
you know, that could change uh, depending on mm-hmm. what happens around Zaire. Because before I, I agree he, fundamentally. Exactly, but but um, to answer your question straight up, I don't think so because of the point. The Grizzlies are likely to be a first apron team if Zaire continues to show promise. Uh, that gives him some value. You know, uh, there were, he sure does. That. He is showcasing, isn't he? He's making yeah. it hard. Yeah, yeah. He's. Play- I mean, the defense has been really good. You know, the perimeter defense has mm-hmm. been really good. And we know, if you look at his net rating numbers with the entire team, uh, John Morant is the one player, when he's on the floor with John, they play really well together. So you're saying 2024, 2025, you're predicting that John Morant will be healthy in that case, too, which will lead uh, to a better version of Zion Williams. So there's a case to be made for what he brings. But at the same time, look, you got Gigi on the wing now. You got Vince Williams on the wing. You will have Marcus Smart if we're talking 2024, 2025. Personally, I like what I like what uh, Lamar Stevens is giving you. You know, I, I like what you're getting from uh, Stevens as well. So you got all of these, you know, uh, different type of wings. Uh, then that kind of makes him expendable, in my opinion. Well, Michael, you took the words right out of my mouth because I was just going to ask you about Lamar Stevens. This is a guy that comes in, wasn't able to get a, a you know role at all really in Boston, and uh, you know comes in here. First game is is incredible. He's you know since joining this Grizzlies team, he's averaging about eleven point three points, uh, seven rebounds. Is this a guy that you think after this season's over, the Grizzlies could see value and and get some sort of kind of smaller contract to to have him as a rotation piece in the future? Yeah, it's funny because when he came here, he was just like a little throwing, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's an expending, you know, he's a spiraling contract. Open up a roster spot to go get somebody they really want. But you watch him play. This is a Taylor Jenkins type of guy. Mm-hmm. Like, the physicality for one. You know, uh, to be able to guard, you know, the Zion Williamson, the Sagoons, the Giannis, uh, that's who. Uh, Taylor is interesting in those situations now. Lamar Stevens, and, and he's 6'6", 230, uh, big-body guy. And I don't know if it was on here, but I remember someone saying uh, that this is kind of what David Roddy was envisioned to be uh, with the Grizzlies. And that, that's, how I, that's how I see him. Like, he's that, that bigger body, but he can score, you know, off the dribble. He has that capability, and the Grizzlies have needed more of that. We've seen as he's played, he hasn't had a problem scoring. So there is a role to be had for him because I think in offseason, when you talk about what the Grizzlies could potentially add on the wing, you're not looking for a starter. You got Marcus Smart. You got Vince Williams. You're not really looking for another starter unless, I mean, I guess an incredible opportunity just lands straight on your face. But to get a guy like him off the bench, I think that just gives you much more depth. And he's really showing something right now. I mean, he's been impressive to me. To Michael Cole, our guest from the Commercial Appeal on all things Grizzlies. And going into the break, the Grizzlies went into that break with maybe the wins of the year over Houston, certainly the win of the year over Milwaukee, then the long break. And then Friday night, here we go again. Again, I, I think le- legit about 17,000 place rocking. There were Clipper fans there to see the the big Hall of Fame four, and for two minutes and six seconds, they saw them on the floor together. That's about as long as they're ever out there together. And right down to the end against the Clippers, the Grizzlies, it, it was there to be had, but it, it just slipped away against the Clipper team. I think, DeMichael, 
can can go for it. I know last night was was not good for them, and a and a guy that will help them. We know we know the big four. We know the other pieces in a in a seven game NBA final series. I think a guy like PJ Tucker helps them. Yeah, oh for sure. And you know what? I I, I would say this: Lamar Stevens, from a physicality standpoint, reminds me of that type of player. Mm, you know, sure does. Has been there and done that. Uh, in terms of you know playing for the Rockets and and uh, you know all those uh, playoff battles, playing playing with the Bucks, winning the championship with the Bucks, all of that. Right. He's been that. He's been there and done that. But talk about a guy who's physical, uh, playing the three, playing the four, playing the five. Lamar Stevens has been, been that type of guy. And he's probably a better scorer at this point of his career than P.J. Tucker is at this point of his career. So, I mean, I think, yeah, we're, we're aligned with the type of player. Like, the Grizzlies need that tough, that really tough guy. Now, there's something to be said about, you know, what P.J. Tucker brings from a vocal standpoint, leadership on the court, and all those type of things. But yeah, uh, he makes sense to me. But Lamar Stevens, as a younger option who can give you some of those things and a little bit of wiggle as well, uh, I, I like his game. DeMichael, I've seen a lot of people on social media, not just recently, but, but most of the season since the season has turned into what, uh, the year has become with injuries and, and, you know, instead of a go-for-it year that we thought it could be at the beginning of the season, um, a lot of people have been having this argument about, okay, if, you, you know, if you're going to get a top 10 pick, if you're going to be in the lottery, what do you do with that pick? Do you go out and draft you know, one of these top prospects, but then there are people that say this is a, a weak draft, you should go out and try to trade that, bring in a veteran player, maybe you know, move down in the draft. Um, I know that's kind of a hard question because we don't know exactly where the Grizzlies will be, um, and it's still very early, but, but which which camp are you on? Do you think the Grizzlies should go out and draft one of these top prospects or, or kind of see what the trade market looks like around their pick? Man, um, I, I think you can make an argument in both directions. Right now, uh, I'm, I'm leaning toward the idea of trading the pick. But before I say why on that, I will say this. In the back of my head, there is kind of – because I'm the main I'm, – I'm saying it a bunch how – uh, this offseason is big for future roster flexibility. Mm-hmm. And going to get another young player who could be on a cost-controlled contract for mm-hmm. what would be five seasons yeah. uh, while you're operating in the first apron. And you talk about five seasons. So in two years, Desmond, I mean, not Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to have a new contract. And if that's with the Grizzlies, it's probably going to be at least $250 million. So... Uh, he'd be the highest paid player at that point in Grizzlies franchise history. So if that's the case, you're going to need those type of, oh, yeah, we hit on this first-round pick a couple years ago. Thank goodness we did because you're not going to be able to give out big deals. So that part of it is in the back of my head. But the other part of this, and this is why I think you should trade it, because remember the OKC Thunder with Russell Westbrook and James Harden and Kevin Durant, and everyone just knew that core would eventually win a championship. When they mm-hmm. lost to Miami, they were like, oh, no sweat, they'll be back. And, you know, it happened. They never got back. Matter of fact, James Harden, I mean, that was all she wrote with him, yeah. playing with that thing. Uh, so my point is, whether it be injuries, whether it be contract problems, all of that, you don't know how long a core 
in the NBA is going to last. And the, and the Grizzlies have their core. This is it now. Everybody knows it's John Morant, this is Jaron Jackson Jr. Build around those guys. As long as that window is open, you have to approach every single season like we're going for it. We're going for it. We're going for it. We're going for it. And in the case of the Grizzlies, trading that pick, I feel like puts you in position to get that center because this is my big problem. Everyone who says, hey, you know, let's draft the center with that pick. My rebuttal to that would be, okay, so if you do that, you're telling me you're fine with that guy, whoever it be in the draft, guarding Anthony Davis one-on-one in the mm. first round of the playoffs, yeah. guarding Jokic in the Western Conference Finals, or, or, or battling Rudy Gobert on the boards, or guarding Carl Anthony Towns when he moves to the center spot. That, that's what you're fine with. Oh, you, you think he's going to be physical enough to deal with Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, or he's going to be physical enough to, to deal with DeMontis Sabonis. That's what you're saying if you say the Grizzlies to draft a rookie uh, center in the NBA draft because you're going to need that player to be ready now. I'm not confident in any center in this draft being ready yeah. now. So with that being said, trade it, get a ready-now guy, and and swing and swing for the fences next year because you, you don't know how many more times uh, you're going to have this core uh, to keep running it back. Tonight against Brooklyn at FedEx Forum, a week from tonight against Brooklyn at Barclays. In between that, uh, road trip to Minneapolis to play Minnesota and two against Portland at home. And I'm not saying this through Bill Street blue colored glasses. I'm not, DeMichael. Minnesota's the exception. Mm -hmm. I would rather be the Grizzlies going forward than Brooklyn or Portland. And, and, and you know why I, I agree with that? Because at least with the Grizzlies, you know, I think people will go into the off season and still expect this team to win 50 games next season. Absolutely. Like that'll, be, yep. that'll be the expectation. Uh, I mean, whether it happens or not, is another conversation. But with John Morant, Desmond Bain, uh, Marcus Smart, all those guys on the floor, we saw uh, with Mark, with uh, John Morant in the lineup in particular, the team went 6-3. and three. Yeah. Uh, And they were on that pace. They were on that 50-win type of pace uh, at that point. So, yeah, you in the case of the Grizzlies, uh, you're pretty much just having, like, some open tryouts right now. Like, you're getting a, a longer run than many other teams to see uh, what you have on this roster. Whereas uh, Portland, I mean, they got some players over there, but, but nothing stands out to the point, at least, you know, like guys like Jeremy Grant, like big contract. They don't know. I, I feel like they're in a tough spot with him because he's kind of in his prime right now, whereas the rest of their core is probably two years from now. Uh, that's a problem a team like the Grizzlies, you know, isn't having. Like, you, they know next season they'll be ready to try to compete for it. Yeah. Well, it should be a fun night tonight at FedEx Forum with the Grizzlies going up against uh, the Nets right now. Grizzlies a two-and-a-half-point underdog against this Nets team that just had to fire their head coach last week. So it should be a lot of fun to Michael. As always, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll do it again next Monday. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks to you Michael. You Michael Cole with us from the Commercial Appeal. And- that again, the Grizzlies are underdog. Hadn't been favored a lot lately, have they? No, no, they haven't. But man, this might be a might be a spot. I know we want them to lose games. I know a lot of fan base wants them to lose games for those for those uh, lottery balls. But I don't know. I like their chances tonight. Now we, we we will do that at some point at season's conclusion. Going into next year, 
Who would you really rather be, this team or the Grizzlies? Now, there are a lot of Eastern teams. Unfortunately, the Grizzlies don't play in the East. Right. There are a lot of Eastern teams <laughs> I, I, I'd rather be. And then you get over in the West, and it gets tough. But mm-hmm. I, I, I can't wait to that summertime over and under season oh, yeah. win total for next year comes out. It, it's going to be – it's, it's going to start at 50, like DeMichael said. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And it's just – it's so weird because, I mean, you look at the teams that – right now if you just go to the standings and, and you look at the teams that are in the same area as the Grizzlies – Portland, I mean, in a complete rebuild right now. Brooklyn just had to fire their head coach, and people say they don't know what direction they're going in. I mean, you look at a lot of these teams. And we got Atlanta coming up soon. Atlanta coming up. I mean, there's a lot of teams that I just think the Grizzlies are in such a, a better position, even though this year has turned into what it's turned into. Wish we could move to the East. <laughs> well, hey, maybe with expansion in the next couple of years, maybe maybe that wish will be granted. If only Rob Manfred was commissioner oh, of the man. NBA, we, we might all, all move. That's <laughs> Next year, this is right now, and that's this great deal. You can get an all-star Chevrolet. You can head down there, Highway 78, Kraft Goodman Road, your first exit, and you're there. And if you're ready for a new Silverado all-star, they have them right there in Olive Branch. Financing down to 2.9 for 72 months or up to five grand back in cash. Plus, you make no payments for 90 days, and your good credit, it deserves it. You get it at All-Star. It's still the month of love, and at Olive Branch, you'll love all the great deals on Silverados, Trailblazers, Tahoes, Equinox. You're going to love seeing the All-Star lot in showroom loaded up again the way it should be. You want something pre-owned? They have it. Everything you want, it's right there. Nissan Rogue, Jeeps, Ram Trucks. Traverse with third row seating so we can all do more together. Where are you going for Easter, for spring break, and that first big summertime trip? What are you, what are you going to drive? You need to drive something from All Star. For teachers, military, college students, healthcare workers, you get an extra $500 back bonus cash. Everyone at All Star, they're ready for you. And if they have what you're looking for, and if they don't, they can get it really easily with all their contacts. Just ask Kevin or Jeff, and they'll find it for you. Remember, it's not South Haven, not Mount Moriah, not Bartlett, not Collierville. It's got to be Olive Branch. Come on down to All Star Chevrolet and Olive Branch today, or go to allstarautogroup.com. Well, let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk about what's trending. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you as we got about 30 minutes left in today's show. We talked a lot earlier about the Tigers win over FAU, but something we weren't able to do Friday because the game was on Sunday um, was talk about our Tiger bankroll. We made our picks off air Saturday night, and I just want to I just want to get out in front of it. I just want to I just want to say this. I have been y'all don't know this, so I you know confession time. I guess I have been picking against the Tigers to will them to victory, and I did it again. Oh, over that's the what weekend. you were doing. Not not once in my taking mind, it for the team. Huh? Exactly, not once in my mind okay. did I think the Tigers were going to lose that game on Sunday. But I knew, I knew that it was it was my duty to, to pick to against them 
to will them to a victory, you know? So Good job. Thank you. So I, Are you in debt right now? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. no. I got plenty of money. I got plenty of money. We don't run any debt or credit. I got plenty of money. So uh, we all picked against uh, the Group Tigers. I cannot, I cannot speak for y'all, too, why y'all did not pick the Tigers. I can only speak for myself. Um, so we were all losers on Sunday. I wagered 60 on FAU. Laying the one and a half, that was a loss. Mm-hmm. Bryant wagered one hundred. You, you so wanted to, you really, so wanted to will the Tigers. Really them. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, laying the one and a half, and Johnny nine game winning wow. streak comes to Snapped. an end. Just he like had seventy five on FAU. Wow. That takes Johnny's total for the year to ten seventy five. So he's in a profit of seventy five. Yeah. I'm at fourteen hundred, so you trail me by three twenty five. That's still very doable. Gotta pick it up, man. I gotta pick up the pace. <laughs> Brian at five seventy five and he's close to shooting the rapids. Yeah, I'm uh you know, I'm just sitting on the sidelines watching. Uh you know, I'm watching y'all have y'all's fun. And uh it's lonely down here. I'll and and here's 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 the tough part. You got we, we know East East Carolina Thursday night. Mm-hmm. We know UAB on on next Sunday afternoon, and then FAU on the final Saturday yeah. afternoon. I don't think the Tigers are one and done at Dickies. No, we could go. I was a little scared of it. Yeah, I don't even think they're two and done at Dickies. So you got to hold some cash back to play. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a tricky game we play. It's very tricky, and then it's you called know, gaming. Yeah, and then whatever you know, whatever tournament they get to, you know. You don't want to throw all your all your money out there, and then they, you know, I don't know. Who, who are you on NIT? Um, I I think if if they don't make the NCAA tournament and they get a bid to go to the NIT, I think you take it just because I remember a couple years ago when North Carolina declined the invite to the NIT and just the public mocking that. Became now that that them. was. COVID didn't text us NIT. Right, right. Um, but and and so still, I mean, I think even. Am, am I right on that? Was I, that that I, year? I, I want to say it was. Uh, I think it was. But um, so even more reason to maybe opt out of it, and then still kind of the public mocking of of North Carolina, and I would say North Carolina um, is you know on you know they they certainly have the the titles and and kind of more of reputation than Memphis has and so I just I don't know I would not want to want to have the public mocking of uh, of Memphis saying no to the NIT. Uh, I've not been keen on the NIT for anybody yeah. of any note for a long time. Mm-hmm. And in three weeks, if that's Ole Miss on the Monday of the NIT, I'm going to say the same thing. Yeah. I could make a little stronger case for Ole Miss in it with a first-year coach sure. than I can for the Tigers and a six-year coach, sure. and they've already done that twice and won it once. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to. I would say yeah. they need to turn it down too. Yeah, uh, I know how much conversation I'm going to have have for for anybody huh. in it, and it'll be very darn little. Uh-huh. Maybe Tiger bankroll like will that. be the extent of it. Yeah. Even a few years ago, I guess you could make the case. With that young a team, Boogie, Jeffries, and others, mm-hmm. that you can make the case of, well, let's try to string a little something together sure. for them. I mean, it was they, it was kind of that stepping stone of our And then they were all out of town afterwards. Well, that's, that's a good point, yeah. Off of this team this year, if you went to the NIT and you went on a magical run, and yet another NIT banner Love goes that. up at FedEx Forum. Oh, boy. 
How many of those players are going to be back next year and can point to, yeah, the NIT, it launched us? How many? Uh, not many. Not many. Not many. Maybe. Not many around college basketball. Yeah. Now, a team like Arkansas State with first-year head coach, and sure. has he done some job there? He sure has. He sure has. It, I saw they were on, I think, ESPNU one day last week against Troy, and, they, man, that, that gym was, was That was Saturday, wasn't it? No, I think it was like a Wednesday or Thursday game. Uh, maybe it wasn't Troy then. It when was, was it was, that? It was one game yeah. last week during the week, and it was a home game for Arkansas State in the gym was jumping because I flipped over there and was watching a little bit, and I was really surprised of how engaged that fan base had become. I'm, I'm going to say it for anybody in this area. I'm not calling out anybody. I'm just saying anybody that has an AD opening mm-hmm. or a basketball coach opening, you ought to be looking at Arkansas State with Jeff Purinton and Hodgson, Hodgson as your basketball coach. Yeah, no, he's done a he's done a really good job in a lot. That's of a duo. It really is, and that's a duo straight from the Bama shop. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and that's you know when when he took the job at Arkansas State, a lot of people at Alabama and a lot of their you know beat writers and reporters were saying you know this guy was the bread and butter when it came to recruiting the high end five stars and getting those guys the Brandon Millers to commit. Um, you know, he was a, a massive part of that. He's a just a heck of a recruiter. And so, yeah, I think, you know, a year or two more at, of success at Arkansas State for him. And, you know, he could be really set up for a big job. Brian, something else is kind of funny, whether it's at the text line or my Twitter. It's not everyone. It's just it's a couple. Anytime we mention next year mm. in college football, and I mention Ole Miss, you know, Homer Brett. Sure. They're not going anywhere and all that stuff. Well, first of all, Everybody out there doing way too early lists. Mm-hmm. They have Ole Miss in it. It's yeah. it's not a bread inspired thing. No, no, I, I have them in mind too. But I'm not alone, and I wasn't first. No, you're not. So today, our buddy Jimmy Shapiro sends us odds from right. uh, Bet Online underscore AG. That's the Twitter site at Bet Online underscore AG, and he sends the odds for SEC championship game next year. Really early for that, I know. Mm-hmm. Don't even know how much real money you could put down uh, on, on that right now. But here are the odds. And remember, no no conferences no, or no divisions next year. Just the top two go. Georgia at 2-1. to one. I don't think anybody can argue with that. Texas at 5-2. to two. Ole Miss at 13-2. to two. Wow. Alabama 9-1. to one. Tennessee 9-1. to one. Uh, LSU 20-1. to one. Missouri 11-1. to one. Texas A&M 22-1. to one. Auburn fifty to one, Oklahoma fifty to one, Kentucky eighty to one, South Carolina ninety to one, Florida one hundred to one, Arkansas one twenty five to one, Mississippi State two hundred to one, and Vanderbilt at two fifty to one. Wow, I mean, Arkan, I mean, uh, Ole Miss can't get my teams out after hearing all of them. Uh, Ole Miss certainly up there, and and like you said, any of the pro- uh, projections has Ole Miss up there, and so I, I mean, with what they're bringing back, Brett, I've said it before, and I'm certainly not the biggest Ole Miss supporter by any means. I, I like what they've got going next year. Yeah, and you know that that that's one person that, that's that's the betting markets. They're kind of in it for profit. Mm-hmm. No, you're you're absolutely right, and so we'll that's, see. That's not Fonzie Memphis yeah. radio guy. No, no, not at all. When you you talked about Tennessee and, and their odds, uh, I, I told you one of my buddies after their bowl game was texting me and saying, "Oh, I'm putting I money can't do on, it again with Tennessee. I'm putting my money on Nico for Heisman." I did it. I did it last oh. year with Joe Milton, and got yeah. just 
singed. Yeah, um, I'm not one. I'm not a big fan of the futures, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know if I would feel super comfortable about. Can't do it with A and M. No, no, I'm done with doing it for for A and M. Um, but uh, sure can do it with Georgia. I think they've yeah. earned it. Yeah. And yeah. we'll see about Texas and Ole Miss, and we'll see with new Alabama coach Galen DeBoer. Mm-hmm. Won't that be different watching him going through that first spring? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's already. I think they've. Uh, you know, obviously they have kind of winter workouts and stuff like that, and you've seen a little bit of stuff and just uh, very. How different very, is it? Very he's different. on Twitter. He's doing. He's <laughs> well, doing local talk radio yeah, interviews. Yeah, that's uh, that's very different. Uh, so it's going to be. It's going to be a, a kind of a uh, you know we're going to need some time to get used to not seeing Nick Saban with uh, with Alabama football. I saw a suggestion out there. I think it was in Peter King's going away mm. column this morning. Yeah. Did you read that? I I got to read a little bit of it, um, but by the time I saw it, I, I got so busy I couldn't read all. Of and, it. and we were talking earlier about how media has changed and sure. it has. I think largely, mostly. For the better, sure. uh, you know. Still, the 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 market decides if you don't like what somebody's doing, mm-hmm. you can speak. Yeah, you can not subscribe. You sure. cannot listen. You cannot sure. watch. Yep. You cannot read. And if you and if some if you do like it and enough of them do it, guess what? They they, they stay around and you know flourish and and do well. But he suggested kind of a of a Manning cast type setup for a Saban Belichick. Set up. I'd like that. That'd be fun. I, I would love to see it on both college and pro. Oh, yeah. I, I would like to hear Belichick talking, uh, analyzing college, and Nick Saban, you know, he, he, you know, head coach in the pros and longtime assistant, so not, not foreign to him. Right. Been a long, long time since Bill Belichick's been uh, a college coach. Yeah. I don't know if he ever was. Well, his dad was sure, yeah. But I mean, I think they would be great for both of them, and that's something you could see. I mean, we've seen um, certainly what the Manning cast has done. We've seen um, you know Pat McAfee and his group with with different college games. So we know that ESPN you know has an an appetite for those sorts of alternate broadcasts. So I, and if you're going to do that, though, you, you you know who should should be not scared of, but a little you know let's slow down on many more casts. Are the traditional announcers? Mm, yeah, because how can the next wave? We, we know mm-hmm. Nance, Buck, Michaels, Tarico, mm-hmm. uh, Nestler, trying to uh, Fowler, Herb Street in college. We, we we know they've carved their big slice of the market. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 not going away. Romo, that's not going away. Mm-hmm. But for the next wave. Wait a second. If you get these guys for the mega cast, why do you need you know the old good evening everyone? Something's yeah. got to give. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good question, and um, you know I I think there will always be that that market for the the traditional broadcast, but you know at the same time you only have so many stations that you can put those alternate broadcasts on while keeping the the traditional broadcast. So, I mean, you're right, media's changing, and, and you know, that's certainly something that is uh, is going to be around and, and changing in the future as we get kind of more and, and different uh, alternate streams, because we're seeing it in all sports, not just uh, not just football with the Manning cast. 
I'm going to be out tomorrow, and I know you're going to visit with Brent Beard about it because he's, he's very close to it and, and knows the history of SEC and the affinity that every fan base has with its announcers. And last week, the announcement, it got a little untidy, and I think mm. that's a shame for every party of, of Eli Gold not returning yeah. as the longtime voice of Crimson Tide football. And Chris Stewart, who has been doing baseball and basketball, for years now, he will be the voice of Alabama. I I I don't want to say anything uh, that's impolite about Eli Gold mm-hmm. or anything that would hurt Chris coming in. I'm so happy for Chris and glad for his shot. I'm just sorry that it had to get rancorous like it did. But Bryant, it shows no matter what. And in, in, in Memphis, we we had we had uh, what you would call untidy over the over. Jack Eaton is sure. longtime voice of the Tigers. It, it has happened before. Alabama had it long ago with John Forney, mm-hmm. uh, but well before Eli, Eli Gold. Uh, John, John Ward, he went out on, on his own terms. Jack Crystal went out on his own terms. Um, most do, but sometimes they don't. But what it shows, no matter how popular you are, no announcer, no sideline announcer, no play-by-play announcer, no pregame, no postgame, no announcer is bigger than that program. No, you're, you're right about that. It will rock right on, yep. with or without Brett, with or without this one, mm-hmm. with or without that one. It will rock right on. And if you don't understand that, I think you're terribly naive. No, you're you're right about that. As much as uh, you know, we get a a connection with the the people we listen to and and watch and and stuff like that. I mean, and they'll get a net connection to the new guy. Sure, exactly. I mean, things can change, and and at the end of the day, uh, you know, they're these schools are going to uh, make decisions, and sometimes they're going to be ones you don't like. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's just what happens. But let's go ahead and get to our final break of the day. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's show with Taco Bell Crunch Time. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Pretty cool, and we're just getting started, so... You are looking live. In your life have you seen anything like that? Goodbye. It's obviously crunch time. Hammer, nail, coffin. This baby is over. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito. So good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bowl food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brett, I learned two things today. And uh, the first thing I learned, it was an unbelievable weekend for Arkansas's pitching staff. Um, we had a texter that texted in earlier while we were doing our big number and said his big number is 17 because of Hagen Smith's performance. Hagen Smith, um, the ace, the Friday night starter for Arkansas, struck out 17 batters in their game against Oregon State. That was a top 10 matchup for Arkansas, and they looked good. They struck out 59 batters all weekend in all three of their games over the weekend. Just an unbelievable weekend 
for Arkansas's pitching staff. And if they can keep that rolling, um, it could be a really, really Omahogs. Omahogs. That's right. Uh, the other thing I learned today: USF uh, enters the AP Top 25 poll this week at number 25. It's the first time in program history that USF has been in the AP Top 25. They beat uh, SMU yesterday, 79 to 68, for its 13th straight win. Last season, USF finished 14 and 18 and 7 and 11 in conference. This year, in the first season under Amir Abdur Rahim, uh, they are they've uh, clinched at least a share of the AAC regular season title. They sit at 21 and 5, 14 and 1 in conference. A really, really impressive first season for Amir Abdul Rahim. And their next game, a big one against Charlotte. On Saturday, the first time these two teams met, uh, Charlotte led by 15 points with less than 12 minutes play. USF able to come back at home and get that win. This time in Charlotte could be a little different. What I learned, if the story is was accurate, then give whoever breaks it credit sure. from whatever entity. Uh, whether it's it's what you or I consider legitimate media or not, it's legitimate right. if they're right. Absolutely. From what whatever quarter they are, uh, it, it, it's not the media world I was brought up in, and I've said in many ways I don't know if that's such a bad thing. It, it, it may in a lot of areas be better. Not always, but often it is. Give Bluff City Media their credit. Also could have uh, – I, I learned this, and I texted you during it. Learned this PGA Tour. <laughs> I, I don't know that it's a legit – 45 event a, a, a year deal anymore. Mm. That yesterday at the Mexico Open, here is the final leaderboard, and here are the names. Knapp, Valamaki, Pan, Yager, Lower, Rogers, McIntyre, Cameron Young, Doug Jim, Novak, Van Ruin, Kim, McNeely, Tony Finau. Ooh. Mm. That names. group in Mexico, that was some names, wasn't it? It sure was. Now, Nap still walks out with one point four million dollars. Hey, good for him. That's a that's a good weekend, great weekend, and he was rocking the uh, Anaheim Ducks logo on one of his sleeves, which was fun and, to and, see. And there was one guy that has trouble chipping, hmm. and and he, I promise you, used his putter, the Texas wedge. Oh yeah, I saw that. From about sixty yards out, and, and the guys, uh, the guys on the broadcast were like shocked. They were like, "He's pulling his, his his putter out again." I mean, what is he doing? You can't putt from there. I did. I did that one time playing with guys that made the other team. So man, said that's not golf. You're playing croquet. That's not golf. I said I can use any club I want. Hey, I'm just trying to get in the hole. That is the that's what I'm. Trying but a to pro do. golfer that can't well, chip yeah, from sixty yards. A little different. A little different, Brett. Uh, what I could have done without is uh, the Los Angeles. Angeles Clippers announced this morning that they are rebranding a new logo, new uniforms, everything when they get to their new arena. And Brett, I'll be honest, this new logo, uh, not a fan at all. I mean, it is a mess. It's a C. Inside the sea is a compass. It's Inside as goofy as Balmer is. is. I mean, this is one of the worst logos I think I can That is see. terrible. It's I bad. just seen it's it. It's bad. It's so bad. And I now, love... No, go ahead, Brett. Uh, th- this is for the Clippers, right? The Clippers, that's correct, yeah. Yeah, B- Balmer. He- well, and, and one thing I love about any time a team gets to, you know, rebrands their logo or anything, they throw out the graphic that, like, pinpoints every single detail in the logo and is like, this is why this is there. This is the symbolism behind this. I, I, maybe it'll grow it's a little on busy. me. 
I like the jerseys. The jerseys are cool. The the, the logo. Woo. It's Get a lot of busy, Brett. That thing is terrible. Before you they're even going. They're going all new. They they you know they're so tired of sharing the building yeah. with with the Lakers. They're trying to go fresh. The the new uh, glitzy building. Mm-hmm. And and Brian, I, I, I'm with you. I, I'm looking at it now. It, <laughs> it's hideous. Whew. But what do they have to lose? Because you know what the Clippers' history and tradition amounts to. About nothing. Well, that's a good point. So might as well start over and, and try just something off the Their wall. last great teams were when they were in Buffalo. Well, that's a, that's a good point. It's a mess, though. I could have done without 14th place last in the Big Ten for Jawan Howard in Michigan, and I think he's getting ready to be out. David Cobb uh, is a little more positive about him staying another year. Remember when it looked like he might win a national title before Harbaugh? Yeah. That was a long time ago. He's not bigger than that program, mm-hmm. and I think soon he'll be out. Yeah, no, it's been it's been really a rough, rough uh, stint at, at Michigan. After kind of the first, you know, oh, man, he's going to be great. All of the off-the-court situations have been really, really bad. Where are you beaming tonight? I'm beaming, too, one week before conference tournament games. Hurry up and get here, March <laughs> Madness. I, the last slog through conference games that begins. So give me Baylor at TCU tonight mm-hmm. and a – not a must win for both, but it helps. The net world, they look great. Baylor's net is 16. Wow. TCU's net is 30. That big 12, Man. it keeps the nets way up there. It sure does. Beam me tonight to the Nets-Grizzlies game right now. Uh, Brooklyn, last time I checked, about a two-point favorite tonight on the road. I kind of like the Grizzlies here. I don't I don't think I'll bet them, but maybe a first half or something. Go out there, compete, get a lead, and then maybe lose in the fourth quarter. I'm not saying I'm a fan of it, but hey, we'll see what happens. Happens. Let's all pull for Mississippi Valley State tonight. Oh, They're man. 0-27. They're at home tonight against Prairie View. Mm, yeah, yeah. Let's pull for them. I'm pulling for them. Let's pull for them. It's been uh, really, really rough. Prairie View 10-17 and on the year and a 9.5 point favorite tonight. So it is uh, not going to be great. But, Brad, it's another Monday. We've seen what these Mondays have been um, really for the last month or so in college basketball very limited you get about two maybe three power conference games but other than that it's pretty meh and then you get kind of more and more as the week progresses so you mentioned of, grizzlies at fedex yeah. form and heat and, and kings light will be good yeah yeah so a couple good games in the nba not a really big slate in the nba either only uh, about four games tonight so kind of a limited slate of games but should be some good basketball tonight well that's all the time we have enjoy your night we'll do it again tomorrow afternoon